Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining Windy City Bropen. My name's Zach, and once again, I'm joined by Jim Granick. Jim, how are you doing today? Oh, Zach, it's been a while, about two weeks now, but I'm fresh off of vacation. Had a wonderful time. I'm ready to talk. I went down to Kentucky, Kentucky Lake specifically. Spent some time with the fiance's family. It was a good time to just get away from work and have fun and not think not think about work or any kind of just any of the stresses of the day-to-day kind of a little bit bit of a break to get away yeah it sounds like you were telling me a little earlier something about these uh these topics we have today is gonna rub you the wrong way we're gonna talk about long gone bummer today as we're starting Uh, to call it exactly what i would have to that's all i can say about it but i'm gonna have more to say but (laughs) We're, we're, we're hopeful because we have the cubs draft to talk about so there's positives we have we have a foil. We have the good. We have the bad. We have it all. And and we get an MLB season. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, you, you got to believe it to see it. <laughs> but uh, I got to see it to believe it, I should say. But, yeah, we got some good things to talk about. I'm, I'm ready to get it going. That sounds good to me. Today we got NASCAR Mitch's interview for the first time. Cubs draft, long gone, bummer. MLB proposal to end all MLB proposals. Let's kick it to the intro. Jim, the first topic I think we have to touch on, just with all of the, all the social unrest that's going on in just the country right now, is NASCAR's stance that they've taken against racism. Recently, they've had incidents with driver Bubba Watson in his garage with a noose left in there, and they have reaffirmed once again that they will not have any sort of racism after banning the Confederate flag. They're taking one of the hardest stances against racism coming from a background that NASCAR does. What do you think? Is that surprising? I think that goes without saying. Definitely a surprise. I mean, you're looking at a fan base that typically on average might own a Confederate flag. And there's what, just... what are the odds? What are the odds? Well, <sighs> Two to one? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. I, I'm, I don't want to rag on NASCAR people, but yeah, there's, that's, it's a reality. And NASCAR, you know, with all the money that they make from said fans said, you know what, that's equality is more important than money. And I think to me for a, a business to say that and kind of go against some of the, uh, some of the other businesses out there that don't maybe see it that way. It says a lot to me about their commitment to actually, taking the steps to uh, open up avenues to have have a broader fan base possibly even. Mm-hmm. I think they want to, you know, show people that they're, they're, they're in tune with what's going on in the world and in our country. They're trying to do the right things. And I think a league such as the NFL could maybe learn from this. <laughs> shots fired I, the, the thing I like about it is they, it does seem like they're trying to take good honest steps to bringing this conversation to the forefront and 
I think in terms of like pivoting in terms of your fan base and making a change that likely is not something that was very, you know, that wasn't something that people were looking for in that sport. It kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't see something like that coming. I think the Confederate flag runs deep in that sport and to just pull the rug under everyone from that. Not that I'm against it, but what a change. I mean, outside of what the NBA, would that be one of the most progressive moves you've seen in a sport in a while? Absolutely. You just, like I said, they, regardless of the money that they might have lost by doing that, because people won't watch for their, you know, stupid reasons, but yeah, they, that's the right thing to do. That, you, people being treated equally is way more important than money ever will be. I think they addressed it as well as they're going to be able to, and they just, they just, they're, they're opening the door for other leagues to take notice. And this is like part of the steps that you need to take to try to get more people aware. So they're socially aware of what's really going on in the world and everyday lives for a black person. And it's, it's good to see a NASCAR, someone who you would not think would do something like this stepped up and did it. I think it was beautiful imagery of them taking Bubba Watson's car and pushing him up to the front of the race to begin with kind of showing that, Hey, we're, we're willing to put, you know, the needs and the rights of people in front of something as simple as a sport. I thought that was powerful. Yeah, it was. What, what I think we do need to try and figure out here though, is someone still put a noose in the garage and that's, more than likely had to be someone within the NASCAR family. I would have to guess somebody within that there? company. Yeah. How do you I'd, get in there? You or I aren't getting in there. Mm-mm. So that that's still concerning to me. Um, I guess it's something. Progress isn't always linear, unfortunately. But hopefully, the, they said that there's an FBI investigation. So hopefully, they can figure out who's doing this and get them out of the league, out of the business, whatever, as soon as possible. Cause there's just no room for that hatred in our, in our country or in our world for that matter. Yeah. It's good that they're taking the steps and, you know, we'll see how it goes. It seems like most brands are at least working on, you know, having the dialogue, which I think is the big part is just being willing to have the conversation and being more or less willing to listen. I think at this point, everyone wants to speak, but sometimes it's, you know, what you hear and what you're able to learn from people that really makes the difference down road. Exactly. Exactly. Do we go to Mitch? Yeah. Mitch, he, uh, he had an interview on a couple Fridays ago. How'd you feel about it? Mm. Well, it's, he's got to play. Are you ready to say that's my quarterback? For a guy that probably seems like he should be shattered, I thought he felt – it felt like he was ready to go. It felt like he's been working hard. But until we see some kind of progress on the field, I do – I'm a Mitch believer, but mm. I'm starting to get a little more hesitant and just – I don't know. We'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic that Mitch will get it together and be the starting quarterback. He kept saying like he was motivated. Guy. He kept saying he was motivated and that he was in good headspace. Do you believe that? Because his, his, his mannerisms, his actual body language, didn't really ring me as the type of Drew Brees confidence going into this season. 
Yeah, I think he, it's it could be a little bit of two things. Maybe he's not that confident. Maybe he's not that good of a public speaker. I think, you know, he, he could get nervous. I don't know. I don't want to say nervous, but he just didn't. He seemed wishy-washy, I guess you could say. Mm. He said all the right things, but was there some oomph behind it? Was there emotion behind it? Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. You think, you think you read the script? Yeah. They, he goes – a lot of those uh, buzzwords that he uses, like, you know, we're focusing on the details. Um, there's a couple other ones that he said Watching throughout the there. Yeah, and it's – I, it sounds like all the right things to say. Well, let's just hope he can put it together on the field. If not, you know what? They have Nick Foles. And maybe that's where the bull or the boat, excuse me, the Bears are thinking here is that maybe, maybe Mitch needs somebody to push him because Chase Daniel obviously wasn't going to compete with Mitch for the spot. He was just a nice guy to have if Mitch got hurt. Mitch needs somebody to contend with. There are two things Mitch said that. Had wanted to have a conversation about. The first thing I thought was funny, he, he stated it was his team still. And the last person who said that was in 2017, Mike Glennon. He said it was his team, his year, he was going to help with Trubisky learning. And then we saw what that happened. I think it was after, what, four games? Yeah, four. He was out of here. He was, he was not what the fans wanted to see. We wanted to see what the potential was in Trubisky. You know, and now here we are, he's repeating that same sentiment as someone defending his job. Do you think that is coincidental or do you think it actually is at least his team until proven otherwise? Uh, I could play both sides of that. I think he, I, it is his team until he doesn't win it at camp, but also, yeah, it is reminiscent of Glennon and I don't think it'll be the same situation as Glennon, but I, I could be wrong. But I think that, it did sound a little eerily similar the way the context was there. So, yeah, it kind of does sound like a guy that might be losing his job. Well, we'll see. Nick Foles uh, has potential, seems to be more accurate, but Mitch has the advantage of getting with his guys. So, at the end of the day, is that going to help him get the edge? And I don't know who comes out of this whole quarantine situation better because there's still a lot of fears. Yeah, well, DeFilippo said Mitch is – Biggest thing he needs to work on or refine in his game is his footwork. And the guys on the 670 the score, they say they call him dances with pressure, dances <laughs> without pressure. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, then I noticed that about Mitch. He does have happy feet. So maybe that's the adjustment. You know, maybe that's what he's feeling excited about as far as his improvements. The second thing he said that I wanted to go over. He quote and unquote said, just go out there and earn my next contract, wherever that may be. He then clarified and said that he wants it to be with Chicago. But does that take you as a symbol of confidence when someone says wherever their next contract may be? Because to be fair, he was asked about why he was declined with his option, how the process went. Um, then he chatted about like you know wherever my next contract is it's like where do you, do you expect to be a patriot next year like what do we i want him to say like i'm running this into the ground i'm a bear or bust like that, that's what i want to hear we're gritty we're chicago people we want faith we want trust well maybe the front office just doesn't trust him and maybe there's more behind the scenes than what we really know it, it could be mitch just saying all the right things 
and he's really I – I don't know. He's playing for his, a contract next year. The Bears financially might not be able to afford him, and they might just have to take a cheap quarterback. You're looking at a, you're looking at a financial crunch for the Bears, especially if this season is shortened for COVID reasons. The Bears are going to be in a roster crunch, so it would be hard to sign Mitch to a contract on one year if he has a good year this year. If he has a good year. But even then, I'm kind of hoping if he does have a decent year to where you could at least be like, okay, we could have this guy back at quarterback next year and we could still work towards the next person, you know, draft someone in the later rounds, Dak Prescott being a fourth rounder. You, know, you can get those guys out there. I'm kind of hoping that we can get a deal. For him, but like you said, with COVID, everything's up in the air. One thing I did like though was the COVID helmets. Did you see those? <laughs> yeah, that, how crazy would those that were, be? Those were interesting, predator style. <laughs> those were really interesting. I don't, I don't know how the breathing would work for that for the players. They'd probably have to sub out a lot more. You get the offensive linemen wearing those, and if you were scared of Khalil Mack before, are you not more scared now seeing that? <laughs> hey, I'm ready to see him play this year if they're allowed to. I'll take whatever I can get. All right, so what about the Cubs? What do you think? They had a draft recently. They got some people that, let's be honest, this is going to be kind of like a uh, compliment sandwich here. We're going to hit with the good stuff about the Cubs, the bad stuff about the Cubs, and the fact that no baseball is being talked about. So who you got? Who are the Cubs it's guys that you're looking for? Exciting. It's exciting. The Cubs, with their five picks, they took a lot of high-end talent, which was nice to see. Obviously, the first two guys are my, my favorites. They're, I felt like they're really one, two really talented players, impact players. You got Ed Howard, Chicago native, Jackie played on the Jackie Robinson team back in the Little League World Series. He's just got a stellar glove, and they say his uh, bat could be above average. You put that together, those two things, and his baseball instincts, and you got a star player. He's got some talent to work yeah, on, too, he, just he, knowing who he could follow. I mean, he's got guys he could replicate some, some things after his game about, you know, Javi's tags and steals. Nico Horner's been a good contact guy coming up in the league. A lot of young people who could really groom him. Absolutely, absolutely. And he's in his hometown. Uh, he was a White Sox fan, or is a White Sox fan. <laughs> Mount Carmel guy. No, no hard. Yeah, no hard feelings though. You know, <laughs> he's he's a very talented player, and the Cubs got lucky. From what I understand, is the kind of the circumstances of COVID nineteen. If he played a full season this year, I they believe he probably would have been a top ten pick. So it sounds like the Cubs got a steal in him, and the other guy that I feel is going to be a stellar player from everything I'm reading. I can't help but get excited about this guy. Burl Carraway, their second round pick out of Dallas Baptist lefty. Mm. This guy throws smoke and he's got a wicked breaking ball. They're saying this kid could be, if, if all things are equal this year with everything going on with COVID, they said he might have a chance to pitch at some point this season for the Cubs. That's crazy, Zach. This it, season. His, his fastball, if they ranked it last year, would have been in the top 10 in the MLB for spin rate. They, Holy cow. They're high on him. They're saying he's a once-in-a-decade talent, pure reliever. They're trying to possibly look at maybe molding him into that two-inning guy, your, you know, your Andrew Miller, Josh Hader type. And I think that's stellar for the Cubs. We need one of those homegrown guys. And I think this could be the guy. 
You know, I'm really a fan of those two players. But you mentioned something about the bullpen, and I think for oh, last, I know where you're going. The last I know where bit, you're going. we've been pretty. We've been looking for guys. We're like, well, did we mix and match? Did we do what we need to do to get the pen to work? Because everyone says it's a mad science experiment. You got to tinker to get the bullpen right. Well, you go out there and you get a guy in the fourth round who throws 105 miles per hour. I think you did okay because you know what? There's a lot of people who won't even see 105. They won't. They won't be able to touch it. They're just their swings never adapted to something of that speed. So while we have a guy in in uh, Caraway who could throw 100 miles per hour, 105 is just that next level. I mean, you've seen how helpless people can be against guys like Chapman. Oh, yeah. So if he could control his pitches, if he could spot up to even a reasonable amount, Chapman was never a spot up guy. He no. just had the stuff that you know if you're trying to sit fastball and he threw you anything else, you were spun into the ground. So seeing that in the fourth round, being another left-handed pitcher, another relief guy, you got to see the pen in the next year to really taking a turn for the better. And I guess the question is, what do we still have to put around these guys now? Because it's like almost the bullpen might be a strength. Yeah. Well, I think with Luke Little, they might even try to make him a starter. Well, he does sit upper 90s, they said, mid to upper 90s. So if he put a little cruise control on it, well, That's but yeah, you still – and if he's not a starter, you've still got high-end, back-end reliever quality stuff. So. Oh, it should be at least – he should be the eighth-inning guy, the setup guy, or the closer. Like, there's – these two guys right here have that kind of potential with the fastballs they bring. I was – how many times were we sitting there watching – was it Sean Kemp? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Sean Kemp. That's basketball, my guy. Camp. 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 Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Kemp. The, yes, the 88 little, mile an hour yeah. two seamer and he would just uh, throw two seam sinkers at people just continue to throw those in there and it's like he wasn't overpowering he was getting outs but it's like we finally have some guys who like you go into high leverage situations and when those quick twitch muscles have to act you have to think that quick this is, these are two guys right there that could really prove to be crucial later in the season and in the postseason so i huh. like that and i'm gonna tangent on to my next guy Keon Moreno, fifth-round high school pick, committed to East Carolina, potential to be a starter, mid-'90s fastball. What do you think about that? It's another young kid. Uh, hopefully hopefully they have enough money to draft him – or, well, to get him to sign, I should say. They already mm-hmm. drafted get him. him out of, get him out of high school. Yeah, that would be my only concern. I'm not sure that he's signed yet. I know Ed Howard has signed for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as him, yeah, it's another young arm – it's got some life to it. Could be a starter in the league. Yeah, I think that's – the Cubs went heavy on talent, which I love to see. They took uh, Jordan Wagu in the third round, Michigan outfielder. He's got some pop in his bat, really strong arm. It seemed like every player they took had a higher ceiling. Some of them had high floors too, but every player I feel like they took had a high ceiling. I'm Which happy, I was about, happy the, about. I'm happy about just the pitcher selection in general. We've talked years and years about how the Cubs don't really have a farm system for pitchers. I would like to see that start to convert a little bit, really bring up some homegrown guys. Well, yeah, that, that always makes me put up my caution flags here because it is still the Cubs pitching development, and they've done some nice things for some guys, but the track record's not great. Yeah. And you hope that some of this talent here – they can they can mold it into productive players. Mm. So I, I like those picks. I think they have a lot of talent. I think we're both on the same side. This is definitely a plus with the draft that they had. 
hopefully we get baseball and we're definitely going to tangent onto that in a second, but I wanted to keep this with the Cubs because a 30 for 30 came out about Mark McGuire and you're already sighing and uh, Sammy yeah. Sosa. The 2-2. The home run was race it about of Sammy Sosa? Was Sammy even in it? Where was Sammy? <laughs> that should have been the drinking game. Every five minutes you went without a scene of Sammy, you take a shot. You would have been hammered. It was all Big Mac, and not that I don't like Big Mac, but a little stiffer guy, you know. Sammy was the personality. <laughs> Honestly, put them in the same room for some of the interviews would have been better, just like they did for the 98 season. Uh, man, they <sighs> – That's it was a bummer. It – it was all Mark, some of Sammy sprinkled in. You, you were sold that it was going to be like this epic race of a back and forth of Sammy and Mark McGuire. And really it was more so about McGuire's chase of Maris, which I understand, but don't, don't let us Cubs fans down with that limited exposure. I mean, if I wanted to watch a home run montage video, I could go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It lacked content. Seriously, I think they they dropped the ball so bad. They could. They said Sosa went from the Rangers to the Cubs. No mention of the White Sox. Yep, just just, just bypassed it completely. <laughs> See ya. And they played clips of one of the most recent seasons during this whole montage <laughs> section. Like the clips did not lazy, lazy, it was lazy work. Super lazy. I but I, I mean, do you have any highlights for it before I just start ripping in? I did enjoy the Maguire Sosa interviews, like when they were together. That that was fun. And hearing Sammy talk when you did get to hear him talk was fun. It was nice. It just yeah. It otherwise, I mean, good for Maguire. I, I just my hopes were high and I was let down. So rip into it, Zach. Just let's hear it. I want to. Holy cow! So you start the thing, and the directors always come out for the thirties for thirties and tell you their motivation, right? So this guy comes out here and he's like, "I want you to feel like I felt in '98: the summer, the heat, the Cubs, the Cardinals, home runs everywhere. It was pandemonium, and he got me so jacked. I was ready to go. I couldn't wait. They started showing clips. I was jacked, and as it went on. Like you said, it was montage after montage of home run. And the calls were great at first, but there was no, like, build-up music to anything. We're talking about a home run chase that never actually had any music of, like, dramatic music in the background to lead into what we needed to. He also mentioned this is what saved baseball. And I do agree that it, in some ways, saved baseball. But how come after watching that I want to watch baseball less? Why is that the case? No, hold on. Don't even, don't even let me. No, let me keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh. Let me keep going on this because he said it saved baseball. There are a bunch of 20-something-year-old players in the league who he then is referring to saying they would not have played baseball or they were, not, you know, they were motivated by this specific home run chase. I didn't see one person from the league today interviewed saying how this impacted them growing up into the league. So I don't even know if that's the truth. He just said it, and we got no proof, and you have all these players you could have interviewed. I mean, I think that was one thing. They had people who got interviewed, but they were like local random newspaper people at times, people who were there, which is great. But where are the current players at? Where's the relevancy? So all over the place with that. There are so many things 
that I had a problem with that it honestly, I walked away feeling defeated. I feel bummed. And that's where we're getting long gone bummer from is because at the end of the day, I felt like I watched an hour and a half, two hour clips of home runs with sporadic commentary, no dramatic things. There was so much to unpack. There was so much information that really could have went into it. It should have been a four segment thing. The steroids thing could have been something in itself. Sammy and the Cubs could have been a whole other thing. I mean, Sammy's background in itself, the lead up into the league was just kind of parsed through. There are some good honors to Big Mac. Good for him. But even his story probably could have been a little bit more dived into. So overall, I mean, that's honestly, I hate to say it, one of the worst 30 for 30s I think I've seen, especially baseball. One of my favorite ones being the four days in October with uh, the Red Sox. That was it, magical. Ex- that made me feel like I need to be a part of baseball. This makes me feel like it makes me understand why baseball right now is having such a hard time with everything they're doing. And, ugh. Jim, I can't tell you the anguish uh, I have. Uh, Take it over. <laughs> give me a second to let me cool down. Well, so I want to just keep it on the long gone bummer. Let's, while we're expressing our disappointment, let's, let's, let's open the floor to talk about Sammy Sosa and, Sammy. His, and his relationship with the current Cubs ownership. Do you think – there's been a lot of chat, you know, saying eventually Sammy will be back in the fold. Where do you think – where do you think that'll be? You think that'll happen? You think that'll happen in the next 10 years, 15, next five, sooner? I, I would hope soon because um, I agree. Like that, I grew up with that. So like me being a 29-year-old, that was like prime for me baseball. Kerry Wood and Sammy Sosa, that was it. That was what got me to where I am today. Those are key fundamental pieces, and you're not even allowing him in the building. So, like, as disappointed as I am in Long Gone Bummer, to the point where I was like, Sammy Sosa hopping before it, and then I looked like Sammy Sosa after they found the cork bat at the end of it. Now I'm sitting here wondering, like, why can't they just bring the guy back, have him do some interviews, have him sing the seventh inning stretch, make it, just get him into the full. I'm not saying you have to lead with Sammy, but pay his respect to the game that he gave back to us in a time when everyone was cheating. I don't care if he admits it or not. We could have our own assumptions. Just let him back. So what – so you just – there should be nothing. He should already be back in the fold is where you stand on that. I, I mean, we're, what happened with Big Mac and the Cardinals? How did they treat him? Yeah, he's in, the, he's in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. And I haven't seen Sammy in Wrigley Field. I don't think Sammy's been in Wrigley Field since he last well, played there. But it's not so much always necessarily the – they ended on bad terms. You know, Sammy walked out the last game, and that left a sour – I mean, obviously, I think this current front office, they're – more on the steroids thing. That would be how I'm, how I'm reading it. But, we you know, Sam, 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 Sammy is a Chicago legend. There's no two ways about it, whether you love him or hate him. You thought he was a great teammate, a bad teammate, cheater, whatever. Sosa's – he got me into baseball just like Kerry Wood and him got you into baseball. You know, that, that was what we were raised on. I, I ate just, the Sammy Flakes. I need him back in the building. <laughs> we need Sammy Flakes again. They need to have a day where they bring him in. They give everyone Sammy Flakes, and they show highlights of him hitting home runs, preferably something a little bit more with some background music. I don't want to ever see anything I saw in that long-gone bummer again. Oh, so man. If they, yeah. if they could give me, like, the Cubs do a good job with this on their scoreboard of really hyping you up before the game. They could do Sammy some justice in there. But I just bring him back in the – start the – send over the olive branch. Let's have a discussion, a dialogue. I think this goes with anything in life. If you have a confrontation – 
if there's a misunderstanding, talk it out. I, I don't even know if there's been any talks of that even happening. I, I'd like to think there is, but they don't disclose that stuff. So, you know, that kind yeah, of Yeah, not, not particularly. I just, yeah, Sammy, Sammy's the guy. And I also loved listening, the, listening to the Chip Carey calls, man. That was the calls it was were that, great. That was nice to hear, but it was, yeah. Chip Carey, Steve Stone, you miss those days? I do. That was a good crew. I, I, don't get me wrong, though. I do love Len and JD. That's, yeah. uh, J- Len, Len and Jim, they kill it, man. That's like we've been blessed. We've had some pretty good teams. In oh, the anytime. I mean, Pat and Rod Len's on the radio. Little... I mean, come on. We, it's top, top notch. That's I a solid like. one. Len's in our, in our opening. So, I mean, obviously we appreciate him. So I, I like it. I, I just want Sammy back. Like, bring him into the full. I need to go in there and see something that says 21. Just honor him to some degree. He has such a big part in our history. I think you owe it to him. Because we don't know everyone who did and didn't do what. Just move forward. It's, it's right, time to move on. You know, the Hall of Fame is filled with less than honorable characters. Yet, we sit there and we heroify them. Yet, when it comes to someone like Sammy or other people who are – with those allegations, we treat them entirely different based on very minute details. At the end of the day, the league was pretty much open to saying, hey, they're allowed to do what they want, and now they walk it back. I, I would just like a little bit of moving on, and I think Sammy would be a big part of that for the Cub at this point. 100%. 100%. All right. We, Bring ready to Sammy get on, back. Are we ready to, ready to get on to the MLB proposal that has been breaking all day today? I think there's been three proposals today. That might be exaggerating, but it feels like it. It's been about 20 in the last week. Yeah, every, well, every day, oh, baseball is going to start. And then today seems to be the most um, concrete plan or motion we've seen go into effect. So I've, At least they seem like they're will, more willing to put the pedal to the metal and make something happen. Now that it seems there's direct communication between Clark and Manfred, I think that has kind of spun things up a little quick. It's no longer just the social media jabs at this point. We didn't yeah. agree to this. Well, I thought you agreed to that. They're at least having the conversations like civil people as opposed to being, you know, the high school drama queen, king, or whatever, who just post something on Instagram after the argument didn't go well. Right. Jim, give us, Jim, give us some of the stats. Though. What do we got here? What's, what's this last offer? Oh, man. So this is facts. so right now, this is what we've got going. Their proposed July 1st training camp, is that would be going on. Obviously, players are going to start meeting. I think it was like for, was it two or three weeks of training camp? Yeah, and, something like that. They're and, definitely and trying then, to get them in in the next week and a half. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they're going to add the universal DH for two years. Schwarber. Which, yeah. I, well, okay, so let's open that one up. Schwarber. He... Obviously, people are jumping to the, oh, he'd be the DH, which I think he will in certain situations. But Schwarber's got a good arm in left, and I think he's worked really hard to get better at playing yes. defense in left. So I don't think it's like a shoe in that he's a universal DH. If it was something for the next going forward for the rest of the MLB and that was a rule in place, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be a little more excited. But it's for the next two years. Maybe that convinces the rest of the league, okay, we could, we'll just make it a rule from now on that might be the hope for them i like the situation just the cubs already having that card in hand we've been waiting for a dh spot for him and if you do happen to find an outfielder you want to put out there 
that does play a little bit better defense. And not that I'm going to take anything away from his arm because he did have a decent amount of putouts. And I don't think he had a negative um, run saved last year. So I, I think in that situation, you know, he's holding his own. But there's, there's potential to grow in that spot too. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a gold glove left fielder. But also too, in the same with, – with the next two years, how it will affect him. If it is a late-game situation and you want to have Al Mora and Hayward out in the outfield – you're not going to have to pull Schwarber from the game. You can slide him into the DH spot. And we know he can, he can do something like that. I mean, realistically, we saw him not taking a bat a whole season, come back in the postseason, and pop one off the wall right away. So yeah. uh, he, he could DH. I'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I think he would hate not being involved in the game every day, but he's the kind of guy who's going to put his head down, he's going to swing the bat, and he's going to get you his home runs. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. You're, you're not going to – if it's a tie game and it's late in the game – and it's the eighth, ninth inning, and you need to have your best defensive players out there, you're still going to keep Schwarber's bat in the lineup. So it's, I think it's an advantage for the Cubs. If, I, would, I would like to see Schwarber up there against the Kenley Jansen. Mm. Maybe not so much in Aroldis Chapman. I, you wouldn't keep him for a tough lefty, but oh, – I'd, <laughs> I'd hate to be a lefty against Aroldis Chapman. That coming on your hitting side, and he lets one just out a little early, and it's coming towards your neck, shoulder, head. Uh, scary yeah all right what about the salaries what about the salaries what are we talking about with this how do they work that proposal in so it looks like they're going to play the payer pay the players 104 percent prorated salary and they're also going to do 33 million dollars in forgiven salary advances that would increase the take-home pay of 61 percent of major league players Mm -hmm. so that's sounds like the players you know not that they got pushed, came to shove, but they were able to maybe meet meet in the middle somewhere. They didn't get everything they wanted. I felt like they probably wanted a little more money. Mm-hmm. You still you got a guaranteed twenty five million in playoff pools, so that's just like uh, your your playoff rewards, your team incentives for making the playoffs, or if you make the World Series, uh, players get incentivized pay for that as well. I'm excited. Uh, I'm they excited also. About that. They also said – so one of the things that they were looking to do is expand the postseason. And it looks – the MLB agreed to remove that for 2021 because the players had uh, very big concerns about it. So they, it looks like that was something that they pulled from there. And that maybe that helped get the players closer to a deal or to this deal, I guess. Again, I, I'm still skeptical until they actually start taking a training camp and start playing. Yeah. Be, just because – the last couple of days you heard Manfred said, oh, there will be a season. And it looks like maybe there will be. But I've just – the back and forth the last few weeks is just – Who can even frustrating. trust? It's frustrating. The, the MLB, they've had all this time to get this stuff figured out. And they just – When and where, really, Jim? When and where? March. <laughs> <laughs> Next year? No. Oh, what do you mean? Well, oh, you're just – okay, what the, you're What just, the players have been saying. Everyone's been saying it. When and where, just point – Point us, we'll go to it, and just make sure you pay us. Yeah, well, that's all they can ask. You know, when you sign a contract, if a, if a player signs a contract that's favorable to the team and they, they're out playing that contract, mm. people are quick to say, oh, well, that's the contract you signed. That's what you signed up to get. Well, look at the players. They signed these contracts, and they've, you know, followed all the rules, done everything. They should get paid their money. And, and I understand it should be prorated. I'm not saying – you know, they're not working, so they're not generating revenue for the league. So I get that. 
But mm-hmm. when they are, that it should be prorated at their salary. There's no, yeah, should be no question of that. These owners make a ton of money, and it was the Cardinals owner who had bought the Cardinals for two hundred million who had the gull to say baseball isn't profitable when he currently holds a franchise that's worth over two billion dollars. We're, you take that in any stock any day. You put you yeah. would take that in any investment. Period. Absolutely. Where where is he coming from? That's so tone deaf. Oh, he's baseball's so far, not he's really so profitable. far up somewhere. He is so far up somewhere. That is unbelievable. I think I you know mean so far up his own ass, but that's that's ridiculous. That's a lot of money, especially I, I mean, think about it. That is what, ten times what you started off with? I did, did I do my math right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a Good ten for, time come up. Good for him. Don't and tell me baseball's not profitable. And and it's not yeah, it's not like he had two hundred dollars in there. He had two hundred million. Mm. So this guy just made money hand over fist, but oh it's not profitable. I I thought that was just one of the dumbest things. I I'm starting to feel about major league owners how I feel about the NFL owners. Mm. Maybe I'm just late to the late to the game on this one. I probably am. But I just feel like the MLB owners, some of them are – they're out of touch. And maybe maybe we're just feeling lucky because of Ricketts. I think Ricketts yeah. is a good owner. I don't know. You got Jerry Reinsdorf on in the team and then MLB. So what, oh, what, what does that really say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We see how he does things over in, in the hoops side of things. So, I don't, I don't know. The MLB just – the owners are kind of rubbing me the wrong way. So where are we at now with everything? We got the White Sox and the Cubs may have a season, possibly. NFL seems to be still trending towards a season, but with new COVID tests, people becoming more, uh, I think, positive. I think most teams now have had instances where someone in the facility has been tested positive. Phillies. Yep. So we, we have that type of situation going. And not only baseball, but the NFL, the NBA still has its concerns out there. And they're still monitoring the situation, quote unquote. Where are we at? Is sports going to be a thing in 2020? Are we getting anything outside of soccer, UFC, and rugby? Well, NASCAR as well. NASCAR actually had fans today in the stands. I think they allowed 5,000 people there at the track, Talladega. Uh, So I think if anything, we will just be watching it more so than actually being able to go there. We'll just be watching – watching it televised, streamed, whatever. I, I don't know that – I fear for the fall time because mm-hmm. that's when these kinds of things medically uh, can come back tenfold. I mean, look at this. I know it's 100 years ago and medicine's a lot better now, but that doesn't mean we're impervious to something like the Spanish flu. Mm. So I, I, they have to be cautious, and I think they'll find ways to keep it to the players – to where they're able to test them and they're able to monitor it closely. But that's that's what it'll take. If they, if they can't keep it under wraps and keep everything monitored closely, then you can't really – you can't expect the players to come play. Not ethically anyways. No, not at all. Well, I think we've hit all of our topics for the day. So as we usually do and as we will always try to do, Jim, any notes, any tidbits, anything uh, you wanted to share that you've seen? Anything we might have missed? Well, we definitely did miss that we are having a giveaway, a $100 giveaway. That'll be in two more weeks? Well, here's what we're going to do. So we're going to do it three podcasts from now because I still have to announce it. We've given no any stipulations yet. 
So oh. let's clarify what that's going to be. Unless Jim, you want to take a second here and chat something else up. Uh, yeah, well, we'll figure that out. I, I just wanted to bring it back into the, it's kind of over there in the periphery. It's, we're not that far away. Uh, we will be announcing what you need to do to qualify to win this hundred dollars. And it will uh, likely be a combination just as a heads up of shares, follows type deal. We'll find out, um, you know, whatever podcast app you use, we'll have you follow that. We'll have you share a post. Um, ideally, you know, we're just two guys who want to do a podcast, but we, you know, we need an audience. So we gotta, we gotta reach out to all the Chicago fans, all the sports people who want to want to get some more info and, you know, people still want to talk sports. We just, we got to find a place to meet. Yeah, that's uh, that is the case. And hopefully, you know, people are abiding by the rules here with COVID. I know some of you aren't and that's, jackassery but uh watching you you know just take the precautions and we can get to sports sooner we're just such a self-entitled country that oh you know you don't believe in that hoax whatever whatever you know just put the mask on and just let's get through this and try to get back to some sports and being able to be around people again i like it it's coming from a yeah i'm very very frustrated I, i wish we could have done better and I feel like our arrogance has kind of delayed us from watching sports. That's a take. That's a take for you. And while I can't entirely disagree, I mean, it's a completely new situation that no one of our age has had to deal with something really like this because we would have been too young to really have to deal with it. So (laughs) hopefully everyone can do what they need to to stay healthy. At the end of the day, we want everyone to be healthy. We don't want anyone to be sick. We want you guys to be able to take care of yourselves and your families. Um, and listen to us and find us on our social medias. We got Instagram, we have TikTok, we have Twitter, we have all sorts of things. The post we're going to be sharing will be on Facebook. We'll also put something on Instagram so you guys can share that to your stories. Again, we're just trying to get people to our page. We want to talk with you guys. We want interactions. We want to talk sports with you. At the end of the day, that's all this is about. We just want to talk some Chicago sports. Uh, Jim, last no comments or concern. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Windy City Bro Pen for life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, for Jim, I'm Zach. You guys have a great night on behalf of Windy City Bro Pen. Peace.